Welcome to Lock Sportscast, your weekly source for Lock Sport news and sometimes interviews. This is episode 51, recorded May 22nd, 2021. I'm your host, Charles Current. In today's episode, locksmith ripoffs, an orangutan escape artist, tool board elections, using a leashie to teach pin states, Serapix underlifting technique, dark arts lock picking has a website, new speed lock records, lock picking and lock changing criminals, sales and giveaways. Remember, you can find the audio version of the show on most podcast apps and at thelocksportscast.com. You can find the video version on YouTube. Links to stories discussed will be in the show notes that you can find at thelocksportscast.com. YouTube and some of the other apps limit the links. That's why I make sure to say that you can find all the full show notes at thelocksportscast.com. Start off here, a couple of quick announcements. I just want to remind everyone to be on the lookout for videos you might want to nominate for this year's Locky Awards. Also, while we're on the Locky Awards, looking at my budget for this year, which is definitely less than last year, and uh, what I paid in shipping and everything for last year's Locky Awards trophies, I'm probably going to want to try to get some help covering the costs. And I don't want to do what other award shows tend to do, which is you make the creators submit their own videos and you charge a fee for them to enter. I've never liked that idea. So instead, what I was considering doing was allowing people or companies to sponsor individual categories. And that would include a call out in the awards, something like the best editing award sponsored by the Lock Sportscast or, you know, whoever. Um, and a sponsor listing on the Lockheed Awards website uh, that would allow the still allow the community to nominate each other just like last year. And since it's the community that nominates and votes, not some secret committee, sponsorship of a category would not increase the chances of winning and would not bias um, in a, a panel in any way because it's the community that does nominating and voting and it would allow it to stay that way. For the 3D printed trophy setup that I did last year, which I'm not sure if I'm going to have time to design a new one, so I might take a chance on staying with the existing one, I would have to calculate a fair sponsorship cost that covers shipping of the trophy and the materials to make it, which isn't that much, but the shipping could be international, so I'd want to make a, a rate that covers potential international shipping. Anyway, give me some feedback. Let me know what you think. Is anybody... There were some people last year that said they might want to help out, so I thought this would be a way to do it. It would allow at least me to recoup some of the costs that I paid and, or that I would pay for uh, all the shipping and uh, whatnot. So, you know, it is what it is. I just uh, looking for some feedback or if you have a different idea that that sounds fair and wouldn't bias the system in any way, I would uh, enjoy hearing that. So you can contact me through uh, YouTube, uh, Discord, or email, or any of those methods, just go to locksportscast.com and click on contact, and you can get to me there. Also, I had a chance to talk with Tumblr last week about the conception and development of the Lockpickers United Karate Belt system, and a few other things. It was a really nice chat, a really good back and forth, just to 
a conversation. So it fits really well with the, the title of those episodes, A Conversation With, and this one will be Tumblr. So that will be the next interview-style episode, and I uh, just have to work on getting that edited and put together. So stay tuned for that coming up. Our first news story this week is an interesting one. Uh, the CBC, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation or whatever it stands for, their news did a investigation of locksmiths that were ripping off the public, basically. So uh, I'll just read a quick the description from the video here. It says, Who do you call when you're locked out of your home? A locksmith. But industry experts tell us some of them are duping customers with promise of quick and cheap fix, only to end up ripping you off. CBC Marketplace uncovers a network of fake local business locations and fake five-star reviews cluttering Google Maps in the greater Toronto area. We also rig up a house with hidden cameras to test locksmiths advertising their services online and expose how some companies use low prices, fake names, fake addresses, and fake reviews to lure you in. Google says it's now auditing every locksmith listing in Canada following our investigation. Yeah, so they uncovered that almost every locksmith listing on Google in Toronto was a fake address that wasn't a locksmith and a, a fake business name. And they all like redirected to two separate companies that, that sent, sent out locksmiths who were, yeah, ripping the people off. They used a real locksmith to uh, set up a lock that would be really easy to pick and then called some locksmiths to do a lockout situation on that door. They even taught the reporter how to pick the lock. It was so easy. Called these locksmiths out who one of them just flat said, oh, that lock cannot be picked and drilled it. So, yeah. Anyway, it's a really fun one to watch, uh, really enlightening. So go check that out if you have the time. The next story is an older one from the 60s, I believe 1968, and it's about an orangutan escape artist named Fu Manchu. I'll read through bits of the article here to, to give you an idea what the story is. Fu was an adult male orangutan who lived in the Omaha Zoo way back in the 60s. Like many orangutans, Fu Manchu was an accomplished escape artist. His most famous escape took place at the Omaha Zoo. Keepers found Fu Manchu with his female companion and three children in trees outside his exhibit area. The keepers were able to guide Fu back to his enclosure where they found an open, unlocked maintenance door. Headkeeper Jerry Stones, assuming it was the fault of one of the keepers, gave his team a tongue lashing. The keepers diligently double-checked the locks, but a few days later they found Fu Manchu and his family basking in the morning sun on the roof of an exhibit. A few days later, before anyone lost their job, one of the staff noticed something. Fu Manchu was behaving weirdly, and surveillance finally solved the mystery. The staff watched as Fu Manchu ambled over to the dry moat in his enclosure that contained a maintenance door, climbed down some air vents to get to the bottom. Then, as they all watched, he proceeded to jimmy the door's latch. Keepers later found that Fu used a long piece of wire he had managed to find somewhere and bent into shape. Using it, he could unlatch the maintenance door from the outside. They say, quote, Fu Manchu pulled the door back from its frame, taking a piece of wire from his cheek, he then tripped the latch much the way a thief might slip a credit card between the door and its frame. 
So what's more, the the reason nobody had been able to find it was because he kept the tool secret. He'd hide it in between his bottom lip and his gums between escape attempts, only pulling it out when he was ready to use it. Uh, keepers did confiscate the wire, but the escapes from uh, Fu Manchu allegedly earned him an honorary membership into the American Association of Locksmiths. <laughs> I'll have links to a couple of different articles on that in the show notes. First up in community news, uh, LockNoob put a tweet out, says, has anyone heard from Legal Lockpicker? Starting to worry. And there were several comments that people haven't heard from him in about a month. So by the time of this recording, there hadn't been a reply of anybody who, who knew what his status was. So if anybody does know, um, and you're at liberty to say, just reach out and kind of let Lock Noob and the rest of us know, because uh, a lot of us are starting to get a little worried. Uh, the last word from Helpful was that he had had COVID, and they thought he was doing a little better, if I remember right. But yeah, not feeling really good about the fact that we haven't heard from him. Next up in the news, we have the Tool U.S. Board Elections results. I'll read some uh, excerpts from the email they sent out. They say, Voting has ended for Tool Board Elections 2021, and we are very pleased to announce Tool's newest members of the board, Tony Varelli and Joshua Henry. We have full confidence that the dedication and enthusiasm they have already shown at multiple levels and spaces within Tool will continue as they bring new energy and leadership to the board. We also wish to salute and thank Max Power and Jack Benigno, um, I'm sure I butchered that name, sorry about that, for their service and, diligent, and diligence to the organization for the past two years. So anyway, uh, congratulate those two, Tony and Joshua, for their appointment to the Tool US Board of Directors, and uh, make sure to give them your full support so they can continue the good work that Tool has been doing. So it looks like the Tool US Board of Directors currently is Night Owl, Lonnie Bates, Joshua Henry, Tony Varelli, and Deviant Olaf. And I wanted to highlight a announcement that was put on the Lockpickers United Discord announcements page. I'll redact any identifying information, but it says that they've had some reports of someone scamming with lock sales. And the important part is they say, as a reminder, if you're buying or selling with someone you don't know, please don't use methods like crypto, cash app, Venmo, or Zella that are hard to undo. Use PayPal goods and services and pay the fees if need be, because that will help protect your sale. If they don't deliver, you can dispute it through PayPal. So good rule of thumb. I know this community is great, and the majority of people are very, very honest, but every once in a while, there's one that isn't, just like any community. So, And then it appears that Sarah Pick has been posting several videos on their Instagram channel demonstrating a technique they call underlifting basically using a comb pick and a standard hook at the same time. Uh, they demonstrated using a four-pin comb on a five-pin lock and a five-pin comb on seven-pin pack locks, effectively turning a five- to seven-pin lock into a one- or two-pin lock. And if the overlift protection chamber is 
the last chamber, which I believe is the situation with most pack locks, it won't stop this attack because you just use a comb with at least one less pin than the actual number, and you pick the last pin or two by hand with the hook, as he demonstrates in the video, and it makes for a quick, easy open. So, you know, maybe manufacturers like Packlock need to move the overlift protection pin further up in the into the middle of the chambers so that you can't get a comb pick before it or behind it uh, without hitting it. And also, there's a you know maybe you just need to redesign the chambers so that the they can't be overlifted at all. Anyway, something uh, interesting. Definitely a creative way to get around the protections they've put in place. And Dark Arts Lock Picking website is now live. So it's www.dalp.com.au. And I will just read a quick couple of quick excerpts from uh, his blog post on there. He says he has a lot of plans for the website that will take time to get going, so stay tuned. They are wanting to add a feature that allows people to ask to be mentors. The idea is to help beginners have a close member of the Locksport community to mentor and teach them, and uh, he thinks it'll be a fantastic way to help beginners improve and encourage them. He says the ultimate goal is to turn Dark Arts lockpicking into a locksmith service, and at a later stage, hopefully, something similar to the Red Team Alliance, where they can train and do seminars on security. He's going to be working hard to get courses on there that are going to allow people to learn and uh, a store with some products as they progress, products that he plans to produce himself at, at the start at least. And he also says that he is going to try and get a few people from the community to write blog posts there. So, uh, sounds like a, a place to keep your eye on. Definitely some good stuff coming there. I have added the website to the resources page at thelocksportscast.com, and there'll be a list in the show notes. So either one of those should be able to get you to his website or just www.dalp.com.au, and you can go right there. I thought I would point out that uh, there was a tweet on. Twitter? <laughs> Duh. Tweet on Twitter. Hey. So there was this tweet on Twitter by, uh, I would totally butcher this name, sorry, but Boris Kozorovsky. It's at ZBZZN on Twitter. Held up a picture, or put up a picture of a, what appears to be a multi-lock key. Said, I found this key. It's a 36 keyway and it's cut on one side only. It has four C4 cuts and one D3 cut on the number four position. It's just strange. Um, and he was wondering if anybody knew what it was for. The suggestions already put out there were potentially a bump key or a blank for foil impressioning. That doesn't really explain the one slightly different cut, the D3 in the fourth position. So anyway, if you have any ideas or you happen to know what something like this would be used for, head over. I will have a link in the show notes to the tweet, or you can just go to his Twitter at ZBZZN and find the tweet and give him your information. Moving on to some stuff from YouTube. First off, big, 
Huge congratulations to Lockpicking Lawyer. He is now over 3 million subs. Just phenomenal. I don't run into anybody uh, in the real world. If, if I happen to discuss with somebody that I pick locks or I do this podcast or anything, as soon as I bring up lockpicking, and there's almost everybody knows lockpicking lawyer. They've run across his videos. So he's, he is the face, the public face of the hobby of lockpicking and locksport. So uh, just congratulations. Uh, wonderful guy. Excellent picker and uh, deserves every one of those. And another person that is a great member of the community is Deviant Olaf. And he put out a video that's called What Makes Leashy 2-in-1 Tools So Revolutionary? They show the set bounce phenomenon. And this is an excellent demonstration of using a Leashy to teach pin states and how to detect the different pin states, whether they're, you know, binding, set, um, you know, stuff like... He does, does a great job of using the Leashy and its little graph and pointer to be able to demonstrate exactly what the different pin states do. The little bit of bounce you get when it's in the set position versus the no bounce you get when it's bound or something like that. Um, it's also be a good way to teach what an overset feels like. Excellent demonstration, and I just recommend that if you have somebody that is fairly new to picking or you yourself don't fully understand how all the different pin states work, go check that video out. Again, link in the show notes. Then another video put out by DMAC on YouTube, how to make an easy peasy top of keyway, bottom of keyway tensioner in minutes. And the description is, says, this video shows my method for making easy peasy top of keyway, bottom of keyway tensioner from a bicycle wheel spoke. Some folks also use music wire to make these tensioners. Since making a few myself, I find them to be my current favorite way of tensioning while picking. I hope you'll find it entertaining and maybe give it a try too. It's an excellent demonstration of how to make a pick from a round material like a bicycle spoke, which is pretty cheap material to get a hold of. So anyway, interesting video. Recommend you check it out. Mr. Blackmagic put out a video on the Matura C43 Plus, five dimple pins plus four rotors with false gates, and he uses his usual lock cam, goes through the lock really well, showing uh, two different ways to pick the rotors, the four rotors, both just by feel, the binding feel, or by visually, like you would an MT5 Plus sliders, and covers how to gut this lock without bricking it because it is one that could potentially brick easily if you don't pay attention to what you're doing so it's an interesting lock uh i've never seen one that was set up the way this one is so i thought it was quite an interesting video and another interesting lock was one that hb logic displayed on his channel the video is called china class c lock gutted and investigated says, first look at this cheap Chinese lock I found on AliExpress. 54 moving parts inside and surprise reverse sidebar mechanism. This thing has, its core is just completely packed with wafers. There are a couple of different kinds of wafers to 
uh, interact with the key bidding and then what appears to be like a profile set of wafers in between those. A lot of little wafers. His, uh, his little gutting disaster and then having to reassemble it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, quite the, uh, quite the challenge, but he did a wonderful job and got it working again in the end. So uh, very well done. I think I probably would have started throwing things if I'd dumped all the, the pieces out like he did. And we have some new speedlocks.org speed picking records. We have the new world record for the Master Lock 140 by G-Pick, picked in 1.468 seconds. We have some first-time picking records. The first one is the Abus 645Ti Baby Lock, picked by Panda Frog in 8.309 seconds. The Ace Brass Padlock 20mm by Room Picker in 3.07 seconds. Abus EC700-800 by Froggy Picker in 53.066 seconds. A Packlock 200A by Room Picker in 32.299 seconds. A Stabilit A40 by Pandafrog in 2.603 seconds. An Anchor Loss Disc Detainer Lock by Mog in 2 minutes 3.533 seconds. A Lockwood 110-40 by Gilly Gaines in 2.933 seconds. A Master 130 by Big Truck in 2.136 seconds. Quickset Smart Key Gen 1 by Big Truck in 31.667 seconds. A Quickset Smart Key Gen 2 by HV Logic in 6 minutes 55.114 seconds. An Abus 6520 by Pandafrog in 1.802 seconds. And last, the Master Lock 150 by GPIC in 18.718 seconds. Moving on to the Lockpickers United Karate Belts for this week. This week we had Yorona and Big Truck 2122 earn their purple belts. Lock Jock Key earned a brown belt. Tales from the Crypto earned a red belt. And Shadow Rock 65 earned a black belt. Congratulations to all of you. Very, very well done. And just a reminder, if you have a belt that you have earned that you want to have announced on the show, doesn't matter what rank it is, send me a note and I will get you slated in for the next episode. For anyone that's not already familiar with the Lockpickers United Credit Belt System, you can head over to the Lockpicking subreddit, check out the belt ranking information page over there. There will be a link in the show notes. And you can also check out my episode number two, Breaking Rules and Getting the Belt. And coming up, there will be an interview with Tumblr on the origins and the purpose behind the belt system originally. So you can check that out, too, when that comes out. Now it's time to take a quick break. Say thank you to the people that made this episode possible. I really do appreciate all of you, um, no matter which way you help you definitely make this show able to keep going. So we'll start off with the Patreon supporters. At the founding executive producer level, we have Bill N., Medler, Pandafrog, Michael Gilchrist, Starrylock, Williams Brain, Dave To Be Deciphered, Lee Bond's Locksport Journey, Hat From Uncensored Tactical, PH Picker, Three Raccoons in a Raincoat, Cherell, and at the producer level, we have Mog, the chief content producer for this episode, 
is going to be Cherell. Again, you get that by sending in the most amount of information that's used in the episode. And I'm going to give you guys a little secret for those of you that are actually listening to the credits here. The secret with Cherell is he's just monitoring Twitter and he just tags me in a comment or a reply, whichever they call it, I forget. Uh, I believe it's a reply, but he just tags me in a reply to a post that he thinks might be interesting. It's a really efficient way to, to send me a notification that says, check this out. So I don't care what service you're using, although I do admit I don't check Facebook much, but just uh, if you just want to say, hey, here's something interesting, just tag me or at me or whatever the, the system uses, and I will get a notification. I'll go over there, check it out. And it's a good way to get credit and get information into the show so I don't have to go searching for it. The other content producers for this episode are Chiba Libra, Cherell, Dark Arts Lockpicking, Joshua Gonzalez, Michael Gilchrist, Black, Mr. Black Magic, Panda Frog, Pocket Woman, Rune, Rubber Band, Starlock, Tony Riverelli, Tumblr, and X Tony X. Uh, just remember that this show relies heavily on your support. Every listener has the potential to have information that nobody else has. And even if you think everybody else has probably sent it to me, send it in anyway. They probably haven't. And if you send it in, you still get credit and you get entered into my giveaway for a pack lock or a gift certificate. So don't be afraid to send in information, even if it's not something I use. It doesn't hurt me at all. Um, and it can be really quick for you. Like I said, if you just do like uh, Cheryl and just tag me in a post. Uh, other ways you can help out the podcast are sharing the podcast with others or leaving a review on your favorite podcasting platform, a comment and a thumbs up if you're on YouTube, subscribe via Patreon or donate via PayPal. If you subscribe on Patreon, you do get a, uh, or they will give you a private RSS feed that gives you early access to the episodes as soon as I'm done editing them. Um, if you support the show with information I use in the show or donation, I will get you a credit in the show. Moving on to the state of the podcast here. We're almost to a year, guys. Episode 53, which should come out Monday, June 7th, will be the one-year anniversary of the Lock Sportscast. So thank you to all of you that have helped through through the, the whole year. Um, there are lots of you who have provided me information, um, just good comments, encouragement, financial support, lots of different ways. A lot of you have helped. And I just want to let you know that I really, really appreciate it. We wouldn't have made it this far without you. So thank you. I did receive a suggestion last week that I reorder the show notes for the episode to put the links that people will want to access higher up in the notes. I'm going to try it on this episode. Uh, let me know what you think. The downside to that is some of the, the other stuff might get buried. So anyway, take a look if you're looking on the podcast and the audio podcast show notes and let me know what you think of the change in order. If you want to send me feedback, you can go to the locksportscast dot com slash contact or just go to locksportscast.com and click on contact and you can leave me feedback there if you want to send a note or an audio or video clip you're welcome to do so just make sure to keep it uh, work and family safe non-political and i can get you included in the show 
A new resource here. When I was talking with Tumblr, I kind of think I had heard about this before, but I hadn't actually um, ever checked it out. Keypicking.com. It's a forum on that site, as well as they now have a Discord. So when we were talking, I went and pulled it up and it looked pretty interesting. Looked like there'd been recent activity. But when I went to pull it up today uh, to get a screenshot, the site is down. So I'm not, it may just be a temporary condition. So anyway, keypicking.com. They have the forum there and they also have a Discord. So you can check that out. Moving on to the crazy locksmith story from American Key Supply. This person said the craziest job had to be a house rekey. After I was done with the job, I was asked to check for hidden doors into the attic or from tunnels going under the house. Found out the customer rekeyed the house because she was convinced that the builders had put hidden doors in her home to spy on her. A little bit of paranoia going on there. In the criminal news, this first one is actually not a lock-picking criminal, more like a, almost a locksmithing criminal. Um, the headline is, Homeowners find alleged squatter changing locks on home after they say he broke in. This is from Pierce County, Washington. Homeowners say they found a man who allegedly broke into a house in Roy on Tuesday. They say the stranger was trying to change the locks on the house that wasn't his, even filling the fridge with food. The incident happened around 1 p.m., and the last owner of the house said he had just sold the property a week ago when he heard there was a problem. He didn't want his name shared because he works with homeless in the area. Uh, neighbors called multiple times to say that someone was breaking into the house. They had the garage door open, and they were changing the locks. He rushed down there, found a man at the front door with locks and tools spread out. The Police came, ran the guy off, but didn't uh, didn't cite him or take him into custody or anything. Uh, kind of strange. But anyway, interesting story. So now we're going to move into my state, Oregon here. First story is not that interesting. It's out of Lincoln City, Oregon. It's in the police blotter, which is their police log in the newspaper, basically. It says, report of subject trying to get into an employee's vehicle. Subject was cited and released for felon in possession of a restricted weapon, possession of meth and heroin and other drugs, weapons, and lockpicks, and trespassed from Safeway. That was in Lincoln City, Oregon on May 11th. The next story is much more interesting. This one was out of Washington County in Oregon, entitled Man Charged with Attempted Murder and Stalking in Washington County. Deputies say a man is in custody after a woman reported that her ex-boyfriend had tried to break into her apartment. On May 13th, deputies began investigating the stalking case in the community of Aloha. Around the same time, Beaverton police got a call from an out-of-state witness who was receiving images from the suspect. Investigators say those messages contain the suspect's plan to use a GPS tracker and lockpicking equipment to kidnap the woman and then shoot and kill her. Deputies arrested the suspect at his house. Detectives were granted a warrant to search the house. And inside, they say they found a gun, extra ammo, zip ties, duct tape, lock picking tools, and packaging for a GPS tracker. Detectives later found the GPS tracker on the car connected with the victim. Moving on to sales, we have uh, 
basically the same ones as last week. The 3DLockSport.com, 10% off with the code LSCAST10. That's L-S-C-A-S-T-1-0 for 10% off at 3DLockSport.com. Thanks to Tony Varelli for setting that one up. And at HooliganKeys.com, we have the code SHIPIT2021 for free shipping on any order over $30. So you can head over there and check out what he has to offer. Rubberband has been very kind to set that up. Also, if you happen to win my monthly giveaway, you will get a $20 gift code for his website to go along with that. So just spend a little bit of your own money and get free shipping as well. We have the UHS-hardware.com code I'm back for $15 off. I'm actually not sure if that one is still good, but I decided to leave it in for this episode. I'll probably pull it next episode because I have no way to confirm it without creating an account, and I don't really want to do that. Mako Locks has their 15% off with the code BUYMAKO. It just seems to keep working. Also, UKLockPickers.co.uk, 10% off with the code GIFT. G-I-F-T, gift. And that one, I don't have an expiration on either. Seems to still be good. So just keep trying. Moving on to giveaways. Mr. Black Magic has his win a lock cam and more. Hashtag LockMagic200 giveaway. That one is running till the 10th of June. You can head to the link in the show notes or just head over to Mr. Black Magic's YouTube channel. Look for video number 37, giveaway, win a lock cam and more. And you can find all the rules there. Rune Picker does a giveaway on Saturdays for the challenge lock he picked the previous Saturday. You can head over, head over to his channel to check that out. Panda Frogs may give away for a, uh, one of his challenge coins and random lock is still running for this month. It will close the 31st of May. Uh, 31st of May. You can uh, make a video picking a pin tumbler, padlock sideways, and a couple of other little things in there, head over and check out his video, English number 176, for all the details on how to enter that. CLK Supplies has their hashtag LockBoss giveaway every week. So if you're really into giveaways, you definitely want to take care of that one, or enter that one. They have a lot of great prizes in there, and there'll be a link in the show notes to get to the rules of that. Starlock and Pocket Woman still doing the wonderful Shout Out Monday series where they highlight a channel with less than 100 subscribers and encourage you to go over and leave a comment by doing a giveaway every month. Normally it's a 20-pound Law Lock Tools gift certificate. May only. They're also including a couple of lighted followers from Pocket Woman that she has made herself. So head over there and check out their channels. I know... Uh, that Starlock maintains a playlist with all the Shoutout Monday videos and giveaways in there. Definitely worth checking out. I had fallen behind, and I find that playlist to be very useful in getting caught back up on those. So thank you to you two for doing that. I just want to highlight how great this is. So one of the biggest things when you get on YouTube, a lot of you know, is those first few subscribers and getting people to interact and find you and leave comments. And this Shout Out Monday series is a great way to welcome these new YouTubers into the community, get some, some positive feedback and reinforcement right out of the gate. It makes them much more likely to stick around and stay an active part of the community. So I just want to say 
thank you very much to Starlock and Pocket Women for their dedication to that series. Uh, Lock Sportscast, I have my giveaway. I'm really bad about getting the draws out in a timely manner, so I still have to do the one for last month. And just a reminder, it will be for a Packlock 100A with my logo on it or a $20 gift code for hooligankeys.com. For full rules, you can go to the locksportscast.com, click on the giveaway tab, and I will have everything there for you. Remember, this show needs your support. Um, anything you have that's locksport related, any news whatsoever, send it my way. Um, you can email it to podcast at locksportscast.com or, like I said, just tag me in a post on Twitter or Instagram or uh, send it through the Discord, send it via email, on the Reddit, whatever you have, send it in. And remember, keep it legal. Legal.